Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tori Dealing With, where each episode is short, sweet, and the perfect thing to enjoy in the morning, just like your coffee. I am so excited for this episode. I get to talk to somebody that you probably know from the challenge, Chanel Howell. She was a second place winner on the Challenge USA 2, but she is so much more than that. If you've ever followed her on Instagram or seen any of her content, you'll know that she has so much advice for anybody who's trying to switch careers or needs help writing their resume. And I thought, what a perfect person to have on the podcast right before 2024, just so if anybody wanted that advice because they're thinking about doing a major shift in their career, we could get it from Chanel because she's an expert. So let's get started. Everyone, I am so excited to have this brilliant woman today on my podcast. You may know her from the challenge USA 2. She is the silver medalist of that show. She's also a survivor beast. But Chanel Howell is even more than that. And that's why I needed to have her on the podcast because not only is she a career consultant, she is literally blowing up on TikTok right now with all of this incredible career advice. And I'm just constantly blown away by her. So Chanel, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Tor. I'm so excited to to be on. I feel honored that you would even think of me. I it's like it's a huge no-brainer for me. And I feel like the Tory dealing with community is always looking for more information and things outside of the challenge, which makes you such an interesting and dynamic person. People will know you from that in this audience, but then when you start to peel back the layers of who you are, like I got to experience in the house with you. I'm like, wait a minute. She worked for Goldman Sachs. Wait a minute. She She's doing career consulting. She's starting her own business. And all of it is just so impressive. And so, yeah, I just wanted to have you on and hold space for everything that you do and to hear you talk about it. So would you mind just like giving us the behind the scenes on your life or how you got started and it, what it is that you do exactly? Yeah, yeah. That was such a great intro. Um so I started in recruiting. I kind of just fell into it, honestly. Like I started it like seven or so years ago um, in the finance space. And like the thing that I just realized that I liked was just talking to people, helping people navigate really interesting um, like junctures in their lives and things like that. And it's just also not super, super hard if you're a people person. So I started my career like seven-ish years ago in the recruiting space, and I've been doing it in the finance industry. Um, which is funny because like, I don't really actually understand that much about finance, but you just have to know a lot about people and how to navigate people. When I went to, to film, I, I had an opportunity to be super entrepreneurial, which is when I started my business. And so my business really is helping people navigate their career journey, um, people who want to pivot, people who want to break into really competitive sectors. I help them navigate it. I work with people on a long-term basis. So like over a course of three to four months, but also on a very short term basis, people just like need interview coaching or they need help negotiating things like no negotiating salary or negotiating a raise. And so I work with people, um, I guess, doing different things in that under that umbrella. That's amazing. So like people come to you as like their career big sister or maybe little sister, depending on the age group of people that come to you. What age do you feel like you're you're working with the most? Like what's the the group of people that you work with the most, do you think? I've worked with people across the board. I like working with more junior talent specifically because there's so much more opportunity when you are younger in your career. Like you're not as wed to a specific path and you're more open to thinking about like, how can I do something different or how can I leverage these skills to move into a different space? And so I work with people 
from across all industries, but across all levels as well. I just personally love working with talent that has like six or so years of experience or less. Mm, I love that. I was talking to my sister earlier about having you on the podcast because she's a teacher. She works in education and she was like, oh my gosh, she does career consulting. Like, what can I do with this? And I was like, well, you're going to have to listen to the podcast, Lauren. <laughs> like, I'm not going to just give you all the info up top, sis. <laughs> like, listen to my stuff. But so like, how often do you see people jump from one career? Like you said, like six years of teaching and like being able to manipulate those skills and use them somewhere else. How often does that happen? All the time, honestly, like when you look at what's happening in the job market, you're seeing just layoffs across the board, across industries and people having to pivot and think about how do I reframe my skills to fit any or any other type of type of job. And it really isn't difficult because I think at a very fundamental level, we all do like the same type of thing, right? We all solve problems. We all work towards a goal. We all use the same kind of critical thinking skills. And so it's really like, how do you tell that story? How do you wrap it up? How do you frame that narrative? And then how do you present it to a job in a way that feels compelling? And so that's really what I do. It's, I feel like I'm almost like a storyteller and I just coach I love people that. on how to tell their stories. I love that so much. And it makes sense why reality TV was such an easy transition for you because you're dealing with so many different, obviously in a different sense. Yeah. But, and also you're a beast. So like you have that, but it carry you, you get to carry that same ability to hold people's stories and inquire about them and be interested in who they are and all of these things that probably are really helpful for you and what you do. And I also think it's interesting that we're coming up on 2024 right now because I was thinking about it and I'm like, how many times have I hit a new year? And like, of course, people are like, Re New Year's resolutions are bullshit. Bleh. But I'm like, also, we all have it in our minds that when we hit that new year, we kind of want to start something new, even if it's a tiny thing. How many people do you think are going to be looking for new jobs starting 2024 based on just wanting to, you know, change up their lives a little bit? I think so many people are like, it's the new year, the vibe, right? The energy that you feel, but it's also just, I feel like people were very cautious in 2023 and 2022. I think over the past couple of years after COVID, yeah. people were very cautious. And so like a new year is always a good opportunity to switch out. I also think people like to transition a lot in the new year because like you get your year in performance bonuses. Mm. Companies have, you know, uh, renewed budgets to hire people. They're setting their goals. And so a lot of hiring actually ha happens in Q1 of 2024, in Q1 of any year. And so that's where we're going to see a lot, like a huge uptick in hiring. And so I think we're going to see a lot of people moving around. We're going to see a lot of people um, in the industry just stepping into new roles um, and new companies. Amazing. Do you feel like when it comes to getting that new job, one of the biggest things is obviously not what's on your resume, but how you put your resume together? Yeah, your resume is like the first piece of like information that someone gets and it's either going to open a door for you or it's going to kind of get you pushed aside. And so your resume is really like the most important thing. And I see so many resumes every day and I want to say like 85% of them are just not great, honestly. And it's not because it's not anything to be ashamed about. It's not because they're not competent or that they don't do their jobs well. It's just more so, again, you don't know how to tell that story, put it in a way that is appealing for a hiring manager or a recruiter. Um, in a way that like accurately showcases your skills and the things that you've done and the impact that you've had. So it's really important. Um, 
I always say like, have a professional look at it, you know, mm-hmm. have someone who knows what a good resume looks like, look at it, mm. Act like leverage AI if you can, you know? Right. Yeah. And because the truth is the people who are in the companies who are professionals at reading resumes, like that's why you need a professional to check it before you send it in. Like a professional is going to receive it. Yeah. So- yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's such a, it's such a not low lift thing, but like once you have it done once, you can tweak it for years to come. You can like, you know, yeah. make small adjustments, but if you just have the foundational piece together, that's going to set you so far apart from your competition that has never had anyone look at it or, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of working off of Google. What do you think the biggest like red flag on a resume is? Ooh, okay. So there are so many resume red flags. I would say the biggest one, well, first I'll, I'll say this. Recruiters don't spend a lot of time on your resume. If I Mm. was hiring for a job, I might get like a thousand applicants. And so I can't go through all of those and spend 10 minutes or even one minute looking through it. So I think the average time is like five seconds or less that a recruiter spends looking at a resume. And so for me, if your resume is in like paragraph form and it's very underrated, right? But if your formatting is like really hard to digest, it's going to be really hard for me to assess what you did, mm. what the impact was, and I'm going to kind of just push it aside. And so I would say like formatting your resume in a way that really concisely sums up your impact and the work that you did is so important. And so that would be the biggest red flag. I would wow. also say that like when you break down your resume, A lot of the times recruiters don't know what, a lot of the times recruiters don't know how to do your job, right? So like when I look at, let's say someone who works in tech, I don't know what an engineer does, right? And so a lot of the times your resumes are spoken, like you're talking to someone else who really knows your job well. No. But no, it should be written for like your grandma or your first grade teacher or like someone who can read it and really easily digest what you did. And so I would say that's another like red flag. Wow, that's a really, really, really good tip. And not like I'm applying for any jobs, but do you think that reality TV is just not a good thing to have on a resume? It's so good. It's so good. You're lying. I don't have it on my resume, but (laughs) what? You know, like, yeah. We are we are personality hires. That's what we are. We are we are personality hires. I yes. saw that on Girl Boss's Instagram. They were like, the personality hire matters. She's like the one that's talking on the phone to the boss, like, oh, it's fine. We're just gonna need an extra week to do this. It's like that Ooh. makes me feel like I'm valuable. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> Amazing. But so we need these resumes and like it's so important to have them. But then not only do we need them, we need to figure out where to find jobs. And yeah. what is the biggest mistake when it comes to job search, in your opinion? Everyone's looking for a job in the same exact places. So when that happens, your chances of getting seen are just, they're they're a lot lower. Um, if you go to a common site like LinkedIn, which is great, that's amazing. You're going to see a bunch of jobs, jobs there, but you and 100,000 other people are also looking at that same site, those same jobs that posted, typing in those same keywords. And so I always encourage people to think, really creatively about their job searches in terms of where they're looking for jobs. And so I like to use LinkedIn. I like to use Google Boolean searches. Mm. I like to look into my network. Um, Everyone, if I was looking for a job, everyone around me that I know would know that I was also looking for a job because no jobs that I've ever personally have gotten have ever been through applying. It's always been through 
knowing someone who knows someone that made an introduction and then I was able to have a conversation that led to a job. And so your network is really, really important. And then also, I mean, be creative. A lot of people are posting on social media about jobs. I've seen, I've seen people reach out to me, to people that I know on TikTok about jobs, Instagram, Mm -hmm. Twitter. Like I think Twitter actually just launched a job search um, engine, which is really crazy to me. X. That's wild. So basically, people are now going to be able to apply for jobs through X? Yes. Yes. Dude, this is crazy. Exactly. It's insane how it's evolved. So I would just say the same way you think about your investments, because you know I'm in finance, which is diversify them, is the same way you should think about your job search. Diversify it. Don't look in the same place. Make sure you are leveraging a lot of different avenues to find a job. That's amazing. And like hearing you just like, and, and thinking about you as you're in your life, like how you've diversified what you do. You do the challenge and uh, Survivor, and now you're doing this. And it's just like, did you ever think way back when, like little Chanel, when she was going for her career when she was older, did you ever think you'd be doing what you're doing today? Of course not. No way. Like life has done the biggest plot twist for me. Like <laughs> I could have never guessed this, but you know what's so interesting is when I was working in my jobs, you know, like I... I did, you know, I did well, right? Like Mm -hmm. I landed at some of the biggest companies, but I was always so unfulfilled and I didn't know what that was. I was just like, is this what life is like? Mm -hmm. And um, I I just knew that something was missing. I knew that I wanted to do more. I knew I wanted to do something different, but it was like very scary to break apart from what you always know or what you see around you. Everyone that, that I know, everyone that I see are all, you know, working nine to fives, you know, working very corporate jobs. and so like how crazy it for me to be the person that like breaks away to do something different. So um, it's very scary, but I really enjoy like the ownership that I have over the work that I do. Mm -hmm. Like I feel so much more responsible for my clients and the work that I put out versus when I was like at my corporate job, showing up at 1030 AM, leaving at 4 PM, you know, like chilling, you know, right. Right. Uh, moving my mouse on the screen, you know, when I'm working from home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it just, it takes a lot more confidence to be able to do and create a life for yourself, which yeah. is just so interesting. But like, talk a little bit more about that feeling of changing from working in that corporate world to then spreading your wings and working elsewhere now. Like, how long did you sit with the, should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it with a not before you actually pulled the trigger? You know what's crazy is I actually had to make this decision twice. So when I was going to go on Survivor, I had just landed like a dream job, which was at Goldman Sachs. And I was like, there's no way they're going to let me play. I need to make this decision. And so I like sat with it for a couple of weeks. I talked to like the people that I cared about, whose mm-hmm. opinions that I trusted. Yeah. Um, and ultimately my job was like, yeah, go for it. Like they were super supportive of let- letting me go on Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time around when it was time for me to go and do the challenge, uh, it was different because it was like, hey, we already gave you this opportunity once. Like this is probably not going to happen twice. Like lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice is what I say. And so um, it was hard because my entire life, I think that I had like found my identity and the prestige of what I did for work or what I did Mm. for money. And I had to like, for the first time, divorce my self-value and my self-worth from 
the name on a building, right? Like just because you work at this great place in this like, you know, really esteemed institution doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. It doesn't mean you're going to be fulfilled. And it doesn't mean that you're more important. And I think in society, a lot of the times when you introduce yourself to people or people introduce themselves to you, it's like, hi, what's your name? What do you do for work? And it's mm-hmm. almost like that is like where people um, assess the level of like importance that they should give you, which is like, what do you do for your profession, which is sometimes the least interesting thing about you. And so I had to get over that in my head, which is like, it's okay that you don't work for this top company anymore. You don't need to lead with that. That's not your identity. And so it took for me having to separate my identity from that for me to be able to make the decision to do something for me. It gave me chills. It gave me chills. It's so powerful and it's so true. And I think like you can not to get it all therapy on here, but like I, I've in a very similar way, not done the same thing, but I have the same understanding of why was I working for something that was living and building up other people's expectations or yeah. my status in other people's eyes? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I need to prove? What about me do I need to cover up and put this shiny little sticker on? It just, it's so, it it brings you back to yourself a bit of like, wait, why am I here and what am I doing? And it must be so rewarding for you sitting on this side now doing your own, like building your own company from the ground up, like getting in the the nitty gritty of what it's like to like wake up in the morning and to like figure out your schedule and who you're going to be working with and how you're going to be helping. And like, how much more rewarding is it now doing it for yourself than it was working for somebody else? Yeah. I mean, like it's definitely rewarding, but it's also so scary. Like I don't discount it for a second. Like being an entrepreneur is thankless. It's scary. And it's very much like you live and die by your own hands. And so, like I said, I feel more ownership um, over the work that I do, but I also feel like the possibilities are so endless. I think this is the first time in my life where I've felt this shift in my mindset, which is like, why can't I build this massive like empire? Why can't I do these things? Right. Where I didn't feel inspired um, like that. And like my job where someone else determined what my bonus was going to be at the end of the year, or you know, exactly whatever that is. And so like, that's also why I do the work that I do, which is like, everyone should feel empowered to step into roles that they're going to be fulfilled. And everyone should feel empowered that with their skill sets, with the right refining and the right tweaking, you can fit into the box or the lane that you want to drive in. And it's, it's so important to be able to have somebody to help you get through that period of time. You can't do it alone. Like even when I think about writing a book and becoming an author and self-publishing, I would have never been able to do that process alone. Had I not had somebody help me, like you said, refine some of these aspects that I needed to, whether it be my writing, getting an editor, whether it be learning how to work with um, 3PL and like shipping and all of these things that I had never understood before. So you bring people in to your life to help you coach them. It's like, it's like almost hiring a teacher. Yeah. And, you know, we all, I, I went to public school. I don't know if you did, but like, okay. So like everybody, like we're so used to having a teacher walk us through these things in life. And like you get to a certain point where you have to strip yourself of that understanding that the teacher's just going to come to you and you got to go out there and you got to help 
yourself, find somebody who's going to teach you. So anytime you work with somebody like you, like it's always going to be an investment because you're learning so much about how to promote yourself and how to sell yourself and to hopefully and eventually get a job and you will. And so it's important to work with people and to collaborate and to not be afraid to do that. An entrepreneur, yes, we do these things alone, but you're really never alone. There's always somebody out there who, yeah, you might have to pay, but it's like hiring a coach. It's like hiring a teacher and everybody needs to do that if you want to get better, unless you have a great friend who's willing to teach you for free. But that's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's business. Yeah. No, it's so important to like pull people in. Like when I think about CEOs whose books that I've read or that I like follow their career paths, um, one of, one of which his name is Ray Dalio. He's, you know, billionaire, like finance guy, whatever. But the one thing that he pushes through that I think is really important is like, hire the people that know how to do the things that you can't like yeah. you, you have to do that or you're going to end up wasting a lot more time and a lot more money in the long run trying to figure it out on your own like hire the people that know how to do the things that you can't that can do them efficiently that can do them the right way yes. um obviously they're investments but make the investments in you know in yourself totally there's that that quote um if you're in a room if you're the smartest person in the room you're the, you're in the wrong room yeah And it's so true. Like we need to surround ourselves with people who are going to teach us things. Like it's endless and there's so much room to expand and to get creative with what we want to do with our lives. And, you know, it's important to have fun with it. And like, I hear you on the, it's scary because it is, you're right. You live and die by your own decisions, but like how invigorating. (laughs) That's listen, this is, that's spoken like a true challenger. Like, let me live life on the edge, walk the tightrope, how fun. (laughs) How invigorating. wrong with us? <laughs> Something is right with us. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Something is right with us. Exactly. Something is right. It feels right. I yeah. mean, hey, we're just living out our truth. But Chanel, it's seriously, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You're such a light, such a powerful woman. I'm so excited to continue to follow your journey and see where the world takes you. See where you take the world because let's be real, you are leading it. And how else can we support you? Where can we follow you? If anybody's interested in working with you, please drop all that information so we can keep connecting with you. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at Chanel Howell, TikTok, Chanel.Howell. Um, and if you are interested in working with me, just reach out. Like I said, I definitely work with people on a long-term basis, helping them pivot into careers that they want to get in, break into or competitive industries. I also work with people on like very transactional things, right? If you need interview coaching, if you need your resume redone, if you need uh, salary negotiation help. So just reach out. And yeah, thank you so much, Tor. Like, I just feel like you affirm you and a lot of other people in my life that I'm so grateful for just affirm me, um, which is also so important to have people in your circle around you that just like, you know, remind you that you're on the right path and that you are, you know, powerful and capable. Totally. And like, it's so hard for the person who's in the driver's seat because you're calculating all of the things that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. But from the outside, it just, when you see somebody on the right street or on the right road or on the right path, you're like, yes. So absolutely. And I think everybody, all the TikTok views should affirm you. You are blowing up, you're crushing it. And seriously, like, it's just, it's awesome to hear how passionate you are and, and also how skilled you are at what you do. Like you're so knowledgeable and it's just an awesome thing to see. So thank you so much, Chanel. It's been a pleasure. Sorry for stealing you away from your family on this Thanksgiving weekend, but um, we really appreciate you coming on the show to talk about all this stuff. Thanks, Tor. Thank you so much to everybody who enjoyed this interview. And as always, the information to connect with Chanel will be in the show notes below. And remember guys, no matter what happens today, it's beautiful to be alive.
Talk soon.